Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My Song Suck would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to them and their cultures and to the elders both past and present. Hello and welcome to My Song Suck, the show where we listen to bad songs from good writers. I'm Alex Smith and I'm a musician. I'm James Keogh and I'm the friend of a musician. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to our first guest episode of season four. Uh, I'm Alex Smith. I'm James Keogh. There it is. And uh, yeah, welcome to My Song Suck. We're very excited today <laughs> to introduce... As I've mentioned, our first, forgive us, we're a little rusty. Our first guest of season true. four. Getting back in the saddle. Yeah. But uh, we have some very exciting guests, Abby Smith and Sophie Jones from the awesome duo Smith and Jones. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us today in the in the studio, or rather in New South Wales, respectively, because James, you're also <laughs> down there as well. Yeah, that's podcast true. podcast is slowly moving south without me at this point an interstate <laughs> podcast we're just slowly drifting apart and drifting all over the world yeah we've got smith and jones there the first album's first three singles all went to number one on the internet's australian country radio charts and charted in tasmania over four weeks not to mention a plethora of awesome high quality music videos uh and you've you've just played all over the bloody place you've done lots of cool things thank you for being here <laughs> Oh, thanks for having us. It's nice to be, um, like you say, back in the saddle and doing things like this again after the year that was. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, good luck trying to get us to stop talking. Good. It's good. It's good when we got a, a guest who's got lots to say. It means we can just sit back and be like, "So music," and they're like, "Ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. and like, yeah, yeah." <laughs> it means we have to do less work, so it's great. You guys yeah. can just, you know. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excited to talk to someone from Bathurst, New South Wales. We've been having a lot of Brisbane musicians, which is always very good to support your local scene. But we're trying to branch out a little bit and chat to some more people from further and maybe even another country. Would be exciting yeah. as well. <laughs> but um, you you mentioned that as a duo because obviously we approach you because you're very exciting. Uh, as a duo, you mentioned that you've only got. Uh, the two albums under your belt as uh, Smith and Jones, and you don't have many Smith and Jones songs that suck, which is a good problem <laughs> to have. Yeah, we're just <laughs> good. The problem is we're too good. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I think that that's a very um nice way of putting that. I mean, some people might think our Smith and Jones songs. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably but people that do. I think we've we've reached a standard at least that we're happy with. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and before that we were solo artists. So I think before pre Smith and Jones, we would have a lot of songs that we would define as sucking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> which is good. Well, we're, yeah, exactly. It gives us a chance to yeah 
have a look at those ones. Yeah, so we've got two songs from you guys, one from each of you from before the Smith and Jones uh, sort of thing. Alex, which one are we going to listen to first? I'm thinking that we're going to go alphabetically and start with Abby's song, uh, One and Only. (laughs) I I enjoy this because it feels like the MCU, we're going to see you guys as origin story movies, and then we're going to come together for the uh, the Smith and Jones (laughs) movie, having better understood the two of you. So, uh, I love it. Abby, is there anything that you want to say about One and Only before we listen to it? Any context? Um, I don't think so. I was saying to Sophie, because we're at Sophie's house, I was saying to her when I got here that I actually can't even remember any of the song aside from the first line. Any of the words. Any of the words, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And every time I think about the first verse, the only verse that I can remember, my um, the cringe factor inside me just like (laughs) goes through the roof. So I'm not excited about hearing it again, but um, do your worst. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, in that case, Zane, if you'd like to get us rolling on One and Only.
<laughs> we did it. <laughs> you made it. That, that was the worst moment of my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I love this uh, show. Because it's so fascinating. Because I would love if one of my songs now sounded like that. <laughs> but you seem to be cringing so hard. So why do you think this song is bad? Why do I think it's bad? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think lyrically it makes very little sense. And, well, no, it makes sense in a very obvious kind of way. Mm. I, the thing that I've always really despised in a musician and the thing that makes that so difficult to listen to, like my face, my skin is on fire. <laughs> I am burning <laughs> from embarrassment. I am not kidding. The thing that I really dislike about it and the thing that I dislike about the music that I don't like is the earnestness you know, I can't stand that beautiful oh, wow. bullshit where you think everything's <laughs> so important and like what you have to say is like mean something and that it's it's never been said before. Um <laughs> and it's done in such a like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I'm changing the world through my music. It's that, you know, and you can't escape it when you're young because that's how you think. Um, right. But it's the, yeah, it's just so earnest, you know, <laughs> and it's so cringy to me, that kind of um, lack of self-awareness that I wasn't the only person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how uh, old were you when you wrote this one? How, how long ago was it? So I didn't start writing songs until I was 22, so I was 22. <laughs> right, so there I, you I go. I didn't write a single song before that one. And the reason I wrote it was because I discovered the G major seven chord. <laughs> <laughs> a life-changing chord, of course. A fine chord. The most earnest of all chords. It actually yeah. is. <laughs> and not only that, I then went to E minor seven. Oh, there we go. And it was in three four. So, so <laughs> of course, I okay. so know it's good. I was changing the world through music. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, did you have any say in the production? Um, yeah, I so um, Michael Carpenter produced it mm. and it was part of an EP that I recorded with my best friend Ella Jamison, who's a um, she's a pianist and a cellist. So there's lots of piano, lots of cello on it. And it's the same thing that uh, Sophie and I do. We've been gigging together for a few years. So mm. the songs from the EP were, um, the arrangements were done. Like it was just how we played. Right. Um, yeah. So in terms of all of that, yes. And I'm very, very grateful to have had a kind of guiding hand in terms of production because I had no idea what I was doing. I know how I wanted things to sound, but mm. I literally could not have told you how to do that. So I think that the production is actually really, it's it's pretty much perfect for what I was doing then, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I yes, I am very glad that the production was <laughs> I'm glad it was produced the way it was because otherwise it just would have been the worst thing definitely can't fault the production it has a, a wonderful no, absolutely sound no um, so what was it that that made you take this leap you know at 22 other than the, the magical chord of course like what <laughs> drove you into this space of of writing your music I assume you'd been playing and so forth uh, before then 
Yeah, it's kind of strange and I find it very hard to explain because I kind of, and I still do to a certain extent, live very much in my imagination. So in my imagination, I'd already like played Wembley Stadium and I'd already like won <laughs> Grammy, all of that. Nice. So yeah. Um, I kind of found it really difficult to take the physical leap into writing songs. I And like most things I personally do, and this is a, a, one of many reasons I'm grateful for Sophie, I will mull over things forever. I will think about right. them forever before I do them. So this was one of those instances where I just, I knew that I could do it, but I didn't know how to step forward into, and it wasn't until like I kind of, forced myself that I found out that I actually could do it because I knew that I could I just mm. didn't know not that I didn't know how I knew how I just couldn't get out of my own head basically mm. um, so it's probably a little bit unfair to say that I hadn't written songs before then because I'd written them all in my head <laughs> right yeah <laughs> they were all there they just yeah, went out yeah, yeah, into yeah. the world yeah but, but like obviously I was singing before then mm. like mm. I've been I've been singing my whole entire life all oh, um, right nice yeah. And I didn't, I didn't play piano though. I, d I do now. Um, I started playing piano with that song. So um, wow. I just yeah, kind nice. of hashed it out and figured it out. So yeah, that's what drove me to write that song is never having written a song before and deciding that <laughs> my brain wasn't a good place to keep those anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. You had to take the leap. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, stepping into reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have questions that I feel are probably suitable for for both people so i'll ask one final just abby song question mm. uh question. No, okay. abby, abby song question made sense Can back. Let's talk it. yeah there we go <laughs> um i guess what was this song about if you're comfortable telling us you don't have yeah, to I'm comfortable. um so i worked and lived in glebe um on glebe point road and mm. i was kind of half seeing this guy of course it's about a guy it's not interesting at all. It's it's the same old it's the same old crap. Like girl meets boy, boy messes girl around, girl writes sad song. Um, mm. but I yeah I used to work in hospitality. Oh, I do again now, but I used to work in hospitality. And when I um would open the cafe every morning, I'd you know kind of return to my imaginative state as I was sweeping and mopping and doing all the setting up. And yeah, it just, you know, when you're doing those things, your mind kind of wanders and generally if you're, you know, in love with someone, your mind mm. wanders to them. So mm. that's how it came about. And nothing ever came of the, the boy meets girl. Ah, uh, sad. <laughs> Same old story. Same old story, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for, for sharing. Uh, viewers at home yeah. couldn't see but uh it was a oh. <laughs> you were definitely in physical pain for that whole song push the chair back <laughs> and you... my face is still burning honestly <laughs> literally rolled to the other side of the room it was... <laughs> i wanted to get as far away i was like should i, should I maybe just go home <laughs> you just come back and you're just not here it's like so just continue yeah. <laughs> well uh, you've been off the hook long enough, Sophie. Yep. Now it's time for oh, you. I'm Here we go. Is there, any, is there anything that you want to tell us about Broken Record before we listen oh, to it? It's as good as it sounds. Um, <laughs> I this this was a song. Um, it was off an EP as well. And um, I I moved to Bathurst eleven years ago now to study the theatre media course here. Ooh. 
and the EP was my major work. So at the end of third year, everyone does like a, a major work. So normally what people would do would they, they'd write a show or direct a show or perform, but I based the, the course around, you know, sound design and, and music and writing and, and singing and performing. So my major work was recording this EP at the uni with uni students, basically. And they were musos that I was playing with, you know, because everyone in, you know, the arts industry, if they're in theatre, are probably a muso or vice versa <laughs> and all working <laughs> on quality. Um, so, yeah, this song was, um, yeah, recorded at Charles Sturt here in Bathurst with um, with all their gear, with all, yeah, uni musos. So um, I can tell you straight up, the production's not going to be as tight as one and another, <laughs> but uh, we did our best. So, um, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. With that glowing appraisal, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into it.
Finally. Guys, <laughs> for like 20 minutes. Jeez, we get it. We get the point. <laughs> a lot of false endings. I enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. It's like, come on, get out. <laughs> Well, upon first listening, I thought it was like, oh, this is like a thematic thing because it's like a broken record. So, like, a broken record. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Keeps going and going. <laughs> but your reaction would suggest that perhaps it was not that intentional. Yeah, it wasn't intentional, like <laughs> like a broken record skipping sort of thing. I mean, I'm sure that at some point afterwards, I was like, yeah, no, it's definitely an artistic choice for sure. <laughs> like, I'm very um to make a sonic record no i think it was just a thing of um like no here's another good bit and here's another good bit and i couldn't possibly mm. get it now um you know like abby said as you do when like you write your first songs you're like oh no but it's all so good mm. yeah so good i couldn't possibly take that <laughs> all ideas are good ideas yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i guess uh obligatory question of why do you think this song sucks um, oh man, it's, it's a similar thing as like what Abby said, you know, it's just that the, oh, the sincerity in it, you know, mm. like, and it's just such a like naff concept, you know, like, <laughs> and again, like I've said, you know, it's that like, um, a breakup song, you know, like you break up with someone and then like the skipping through your thoughts and repeating through your mind and, you know, all of that. And I think, um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, and it was so long ago. I just feel like, yeah, it's just very cringeworthy to me. And I just would never, um, and it's funny because, um, like I said, this is part of an EP as well. So it's got a few mm. other songs on it. But after this, I have actually not written since. Oh, so really? Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of our songs on Smith and Jones, on our Smith and Jones records, Abby has written, and we oh. arrange them. So mm. like Abby yeah. will bring them to me as piano songs, and then we, you know, add in harmonies, and I'll add in guitar parts, and we'll we'll arrange and you know compose them together. But the lyrics and um, melody and concept mm. Abby comes up with. So, and I think there was someone involved in the um, EP process who I had a massive falling out with afterwards and she was like i wrote these songs and you stole them from me and oh my god <laughs> oh no and being like actually you recorded this here so maybe we actually own it and take all the money <laughs> from it and so it actually ended up being like quite a horrible experience in the end oh, no. so i think there's like some of that behind it like when I listen to that I'm like yeah. oh my god there was that horrible thing with that girl and then right and like so I think there's like some stuff there as well mm. yeah. <laughs> but, but um but yeah it's um it's it's funny like I didn't make a conscious effort to be like cool and then I've written the greatest song ever and I don't need to write anymore um uh -huh. yeah. yeah no you peaked <laughs> with the uh, broken record I think and I then peaked and yeah, exactly. uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it is funny because you know I, I had those four songs on that um EP but um, yeah, there was kind of that and, and two other songs. And then the third song, uh, the fourth song was a, um, I did a cover of a Jody Mitchell song. So um, nice. the, the rest are just, which is funny because Abby is like the biggest diehard Jody Mitchell fan wow. in the world. And I think that it's funny talking about these EPs because it's actually through these that Abby and I met. 
So Abby and I have been playing as Smith & Jones for I think this is our eighth year now. And we met in a record store in Bathurst. Abby was working there. It was called Stop and Rock. And it, of course, like all good small town record stores um, has closed now. But um, Abby (laughs) had, I know, it's so sad. Um, Abby had moved back to Bathurst from Sydney and I had just graduated uni that same year and was just sticking around in Bathurst and didn't really know what I was doing with my life. I was like, oh, just save some money, go to Sydney, do something there. And um, yeah, I literally walked into the record store and Lindsay, who used to own it, he was like, oh, you two are both local singer-songwriters. Here, take each other's EPs and just whips out like mine and Abby's wow. EPs and gives them to each of us. And um, yeah, we kind of went yeah. home and like listened to each other's EPs and that was like the first time. So these two songs were the first songs that we would have ever heard of each other. Yeah, well, um, that's like a, a scene from the biopic of, yeah. you know, the history of the things of just like yeah. you're both in this record store. Hey, listen to each other's EP yeah. and like that's yeah. like the starting that's great oh, that's awesome yeah. yeah and then we actually started a choir together first so um oh nice yeah Abby was like oh I've just moved back and I want to um you know start a choir would you come and I was like yeah that sounds amazing and and a soul choir so you know like um you know the four tops and Reeve Franklin and like all that yeah nice so I was like yeah let's do it and then um Abby and I met up for coffee and she was like actually do you want to run it with me so we did that for about four years and then it was kind of that thing of we were learning a new song every week anyway. So then we started doing gigs in pubs and, you know, earn a bit of money. And yeah, and then Abby started writing for Smith & Jones probably four or five years ago now. And um, yeah, and then we just haven't really done cover stuff since really. But it, yeah, it's just funny listening to those songs mm. because I, I was thinking about it today. Like that would have been the first time we ever heard each other yeah. sing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's obviously something in it where, because they're so different. Yeah. you know like I'm right from, yeah. yeah I'm from Tamworth so I've got like you know that country twang folky thing and you know I've mm. got that incredible like vibrato jazz soul mm. you know voice and and it's so funny like people still say to us now like you would not think your voices would blend together the way they do right like, yeah something yeah. in them that like they even each other out so yeah yeah that's yeah because I yeah I was I was thinking about that when we were listening to the two and I, it's sort of do you find as a unit you lean one way or the other or there's any sort of like picking influences from each other in this in a way like what for sure we we and and it comes from starting in a choir situation because we're used to harmonizing with each other and we do yeah. it like you know we run a band out at a tiny little town called O'Connell and even mm. on Monday when we had all and it's a primary school band even on Monday we were, we're going to sing um that Ico Ico song, uh, my grandma, oh, nice. your grandma, and you know we're just trying yeah. to show how it goes. Yeah. And Sophie starts in my grandma and, and your, your grandma, grandma sitting by the fire. You know immediately, <laughs> wow. like, it's so impossible for us to not sing like that. And what yeah. happens when we sing together? Not only do our voices blend, but we know when to compliment and when to when to when to bring our own voice to the fore and when to let the other person step forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is that's just a skill that we've learned from singing together for so long. Mm. Um, mm. So definitely those influences, and also like as a songwriter, having someone to write songs for is a gift. Mm. That is a gift. nice. Yeah. Something- you can hear someone else sing something you don't have to do it yourself you can <laughs> mm. do as little as you want and that person is going to be the interpreter and they're going to they're going to sing it how you hear it in your head 
song. And it's so nice to have someone that like knows your voice so well that they can write a song, mm. and go, oh, I'll give this a go. And then you start to sing it and you're like, oh my God, that feels so good. Like it's in the yeah. perfect key. And like, you know, Abby can anticipate like what runs I'll probably do and, you know, things like that. And I think that's why, you know, people have asked us before, they're like, wow, it's amazing you've stayed together that long. Mm. Like, you know, surely <laughs> you guys fight over like whose songs you're going to use or whatever. But I think, <laughs> I think like that definitely works in our favor working the way we do, you know, because yeah. there's no like, oh, well, we've got an out. It's not like Fleetwood Mac where you've got three different no. songwriters in each yeah. chapter. Yeah three songs on the album that, you know, are very clearly written by Abby or by Sophie or, you know, whatever. So Mm. um, I think that that's what makes us stronger as a duo because our sound is our sound. Mm. It's not like, oh, and here's Sophie's song and here's Abby's song. It's like that is Nathan Jones. And we've always done that, even when we were doing covers. Like Mm. even, you know, we played just a three-hour cover gig on Friday night and it's that thing of like, oh, do you remember this song? Yeah, it's in this key, all right, count it off. And then, you know. So without fail at the start of every song I or Sophie will lean to the other one and go do you start this yeah. or do I start <laughs> the second verse is yours and then you know, so yeah. we swap we really swap mm. and then the choruses are in harmony or like you know we'll know when to to join in on a harmony but I also think that's to do we have a very strong sense of like fairness we want yes, to be fair so so, <laughs> it's like this is your part and this is my part we'll do the last one it's very like um, yeah yeah i think it's also from starting to sing together in a choir sense yes, like abby sure. said too you know like it was the the concept of the choir was um everyone can and should sing so we mm-hmm. marketed it as you know if you sing in the shower or you're a karaoke king or queen come and have a sing so we made it and it was all pop songs you know so we were doing like credence clearwater revival and fleetwood mac and um, yeah. all just those old classic kind of songs and so we were always constantly and and we did we did it every single week for like four years like every wednesday night we would do a new song so and looking back on it now like that's pretty amazing like it the is. amount of songs that we yeah. were in that time yeah. and then having to arrange them yeah. going okay well then you know this side will do this and this side will do this and, and you know and think and arranging it in a contemporary sense like it's not like we were doing you know soprano and alto yeah. and bass it was just like okay this side does this this side does this so mm. i think that's why we also are able to pick up stuff so quickly yeah. when we do yeah stuff. Yeah. you've been practicing it for four yeah. years straight yeah, yeah. That's awesome. practice which yeah. is the best type of yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that seems like such a good way to sort of outwardly kind of practice and then also just share in that process like having that choir how big did the the choir get it depended there, there was no like membership fee or anything like that mm. so mm. um and we do a new song every week. So yeah. it's like if you didn't come the week before, it's not like you're missing out or anything. Yeah, you're not missing out. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So it, it would fluctuate. Like some weeks, we, we sort of never got below 10. No. People, I don't think. But some wow. weeks, like I remember the week we did Oh Bloody, Oh Blada. Oh, my God. Bloody Beatles song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was so much fun. But there were like 30, 30, 30 yeah, or 40, 30, 40 people. Wow. And I'm imagining up like a 1,000. Because it was just <laughs> so nuts. And we started running it in a small music shop in town, which also has since closed down. And I think that made it also it feel like. Condensed. there. Like, I mean, yeah. do you know what? There's probably like 15 people there. But yeah, <laughs> like, the room was so small. And we'd never sang with that many people before. It felt like 
so so many and for some reason it got really rowdy that week i remember yeah, people did. making animal sounds and yeah like, weird. Weird. i think they all wandered down to the pub yeah. afterwards nice. like, to be fair it's a pretty fucking weird song like yeah 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 we brought it on ourselves yeah. probably yeah <laughs> but you know I, I look at photos of when we did performances and i think we had like a solid kind of at least 20 or so yeah. people there which you know, is is quite a lot to sing with every week and to week. and to put in groups and and get on top of. So yeah, but we definitely had a core group of about ten, mostly women that would yeah. come every week. And you know, we kind of once Smith and Jones really took off, we just didn't have time to be learning a new song every single week, and we just didn't have mm. any capacity for it. So we started doing choir just like once a term, so like once every ten weeks, and we just do like a whole day workshop. But yeah, we haven't done choir. For over a year now because once COVID hit, um, obviously mm, singing right. in groups was yeah. only able to come back yeah. like a month ago. So sure, yeah. we um we haven't done anything with the choir for over a year now. So um yeah, might be nice to do something mm. at least once this year. Because yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. you know, being in a smallish town in Bathurst, we still run into um people in town that are like, Oh, I miss singing with you guys. And you know, it's a mm. it's a really nice memory for people and, and a place mm. that they could come and feel safe to to sing. And mm. oh my god, some of the horror stories you would hear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh really? About oh, being in choirs in like a Catholic school when they were, you mm. know. Yeah and getting their knuckles wrapped for singing a semitone out and you know oh, or something no. horrible someone said to them once and they never sang again and um so yeah I think it was definitely more like music as therapy for sure. really and mm, quite yeah. people would come early or stay back late and tell us about what's going on in their life and oh. you know yeah it was pretty special yeah that's really nice to like foster that community through music and through singing that's awesome yeah. That's what music's all about, bringing people together, That's not it. wrapping them on the knuckles and punishing them for not being good at music. Yeah. No. They'll find their people eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I've run out of the good journalism questions. All mine are just stupid conversation bits now. But, uh, Great. I do have interesting questions. <laughs> you... mine were always mine were always just stupid conversation bits you know <laughs> so alex you got one a head up on me on that one we always say that uh i i get the the facts and james just has the people skills he doesn't need to prepare <laughs> to have a conversation with some people he's just like so how, how you going and i'm like uh, uh, inspirations um but i was gonna say not to put you on a pigeonhole but it, it seems like you guys definitely seem more in the country category at the moment. When did that happen? Because listening to these two individual songs, like you can see the the progression as a possibility, but like mm. you definitely have a an awesome thing going on now. And do you identify as country yourself? Are you just like, oh, we're just musicians and then other people have been like, Country musicians. What's the go? When oh, did when did yeah. you go down we, that country road? We took it. <laughs> take me home. Take um, me home. Country road. <laughs> we <laughs> It's, yeah, it's so funny. We talk about this all the yeah. time, don't we? Because people, especially when you've got to do bios and apply for festivals and things like that, people, you have to choose a genre. Yeah. And it took us ages, didn't it, to, like, yeah. actually think of what genre we would be. What we fall into. Like, because mm. really, we just like to play. That's yeah. it. So yeah. when we even play our own songs, like, they morph and change all the time. So it really also depends who we're playing with, how country we sound, you know? Yeah. Like, and again, it's that question of production. I think when you're having something produced, the person who's producing it has a an obligation almost to make sure that it's cohesive. 
because honestly if it was up to me I wouldn't all the songs would be completely different they Mm. would be totally different to each other and it really wouldn't make a lot of sense Mm. so I think that's another thing I think we were stepping into the country genre Mm. at the start and the album the first album needed to have some kind of cohesive identity Mm. Um, so that's the direction we went because the second album is not it's nowhere near as country no and I I think at the end of the day like one of the big things that defines a genre is the instrumentation yeah so Mm. I think the reason we landed on well we say alt country so like alternative country yeah um, Mm. which is a growing industry like and yeah the whole Americana alt country thing is massive at the moment Um, right yeah like Melbourne you know like we've like so many of our really good singer-songwriter alt country friends are all from there Mm. and whenever we play in Melbourne they've just been some of our most favorite gigs ever yeah so I think it comes down to instrumentation and I think that's how we landed on alt country because when we recorded the first album the first single baby blue um it's it's got banjo all over it and Mm. there's upright bass um harmonies (laughs) um a lot of acoustic guitar um and and even like the type of um piano that Abby recorded with and and the way she played some of it it was more of that like not honky tonk no it is kind of when I wrote it it was you know like it's it's more of that you know country piano style so that's how we landed on alt country for the first album but like Ab's just said the second album there's no banjo, there's no dobro, there's no slide guitar, there's um, mm. there's a lot of Hammond organ. And we recorded um, parts of this live in the studio. So at the heart of it, it's like our vocals front and centre and um, Abby got to play this big, beautiful upright piano. And, mm. yeah, so it's and more swelly guitars rather than, like, picking guitars. And mm. so I think um, that was the main thing that helped us define what, you know, genre or box we fit in. It's just comes down to the instrumentation but like Abby said it depends on the day and and the gig and our band is constantly changing depending on what state or where we're playing in or how much money we have or you know things like that so um yeah you know some gigs when we play in Tamworth for the country music festival for example you know we've got a friend of ours who plays country guitar so you know everything has a bit of it sounds everything's yeah. like double yeah. time you know and you chuck a banjo <laughs> in there you know you're good to go but then you know we'll, we'll come down to Melbourne and have you know someone come and play Hammond organ or you know another piano or you know whatever so I think yeah it's even though we're still classified in that alt country genre I think the new music that we're writing at the moment is quite far yeah, from it's, that it's not and mm. it's interesting that the country question because I think with us, and it's a blessing and a curse, I suppose, we um, are very, we, we can kind of adapt to whatever's going on around us. So mm. we've sung a lot of backing vocals. We we can pretty much, because of our backgrounds, we can pretty much step into any genre, except maybe like death metal. Oh, we can try. <laughs> we can give it a yeah, you haven't tried it yet, so you never know. <laughs> Not yet. That's right. Um, but we just like to be creative and mm. I think that's, in one sense, that's really played to our our advantage because it means that we've been able to adapt to any particular situation or any song that I've thrown at us. We can sing in however we imagine it, really. Um, But it's also bad because it means that trying to define how we're meant to sound is really Mm. hard. And I think really, to be honest, like this new batch of songs, the one of which we're going to play, the one Mm. that we've played you guys, I think it's probably the closest to how I always hoped we'd sound. 
Mm. If that makes sense. Like I sure, think yeah. the other songs were maybe test runs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that in a throwaway sense. I mean it in mm. a we were feeling out what we wanted to say and how we wanted to sound. And I think this is probably closest to the heart of it. Mm. Um I hope. Mm. And it's funny mm. because other people might listen to it and say oh, it just sounds like Smith and Jones. But to me <laughs> it's more than that. It's, yeah. it's an evolution. It's very good to hear that you guys have like landed on that now that you feel like you're actually making the music that's more what you want to make not mm. to discredit any of the other music but if you if you feel more like you're kind of you know it's good at to home hear. in your music that's, yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, we recorded our first two albums with Michael Carpenter, who produced Abby's, who produced One and Only, um, right. and which was great. And, you know, he's done some, like, he's been such a massive supporter of us and has done so much for Smith & Jones. But for this next album or EP or whatever it is, um, mm. we were actually recording out in that little town that Abby mentioned, O'Connell. Um, where the school right. we teach the little rock band and um, a, another singer-songwriter friend of ours, Chris Schubert, who's in a band called The Safety of Life at Sea. He's just got a big studio set up in his house. Well, it's not even a studio, it's his no, house. it's his house. <laughs> yeah, him and right. his, okay. um, yeah, him and his um, partner, Leanne, she plays bass in our band. They're architects, is their day job. So they wow. literally moved from Sydney out to O'Connell, built a house and, like, pulled the walls up and was like, this is our house, but it doubles as a studio. Um, sure. and, Why not? <laughs> and it was funny because yeah this song we just went out and did in a day with Chris and recorded it live which is exactly how we wanted to do the second album um and yeah we got it back and we both were so emotional and we're like oh my god this sounds so much better than we thought like we didn't think it was gonna sound bad but it was like there was something about it that was like yeah this is at the heart of it like this is this is us um so, and I think you're exactly right. We don't know whether we'll do another album or, or what we'll do this year, but it's, mm. it's nice to not have the pressure of being like, oh, okay, well, we've done album one, now I've got to do album two, now I've got to do album mm. three. And, you know, like we definitely felt the pressure with the, the, sure. the second album. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about mm. that, you know, because you need to, you know, keep it similar enough so you don't like alienate your audience, but you also want right. to be growing and evolving. And, mm. um, but I think now we're, yeah, yeah, we're exactly at that point where we're just like, well, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And, you know, there's no pressure. No one's putting any pressure on us to do anything. So it's, um, right. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think it's, um, it's exciting. And, and, mm. and during COVID, we just had um, time off, yeah. which we really, really yeah. needed. And mm. I think it meant that now we're coming back into doing stuff. We're kind of starting fresh again, yeah. you know, which is, um, which is, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I feel as though, you know, you hear about musical acts who feel pressured to during the pandemic, you know, put out as much as they can, because, you know, now that they've got to make the most of that time. But I, I feel like that's a really good approach to just sort of use, you know, the situation to sort of say, okay, we're going to take a break and then and then reform and, and come back, come back better, come back with a clearer we, mind. I think we'd burn out. Yeah. For sure. Mm. Oh, like, absolutely. Time, proper burnout. Like, yeah emotional and, and probably physical <laughs> yeah like um we've been smashing ourselves for years so um mm. and also I think more than anything and like I it actually pains me a little bit to admit this I just think we've grown the fuck up you know actually I hate that on one hand but then on the other hand it's actually there's freedom in it and that's what I think we're approaching this new these new songs and the, whatever we do with them 
I think mm. that's how we're approaching them. We're free to do what we want. Mm. And we're not even, you know, burdened by the expectations we've always put on ourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, in, in a sense, that's bad. And in a sense, it's actually really sad to let go of that because exactly like we both said about our, those first songs, that earnestness and that sincerity and that youthfulness, it does make you do things because you think that they're good but when you as you get older you stop doing things because you think you're good they're good you start doing them because you know they're good but that means less work and mm. I think that's really hard to grasp because it means letting go of a lot of things um mm. and mm. I think that's really it's it's freeing but it's also sad like it's saying goodbye to youth and I think mm. that's sad no matter what you know, yeah. sure. We're old. Yeah. We're old. We're old. We're at thirty. We're old. We're old. As you can tell, we're so grown ups. <laughs> I have, I have a, a question that's unrelated to anything, but it's going to drive me crazy after this interview. The, the person that you worked with on the, the song, Sophie, who was like, "I wrote this bit," and oh, yes. you had a horrible experience. She doing anything, or is she, <laughs> or is she nothing? <laughs> She's not. Yeah. She, uh, she changed. She changed her last name to something like very, very hippie. That's right. Um, uh huh. So soon child <laughs> is what she changed oh. her last name to. So I don't think anyone can find her anymore. So the I shame. Think she's gone completely off the grid. Um, wow. Good for her. It would have driven me crazy if I didn't ask. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> That's what you get for trying to be a song stealer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, another question is the obviously we know about the Brisbane music scene is the the Bathurst music scene thriving or is it is it kind of a challenge to get gigs or what's going on it's definitely getting better for Mm. sure like out here in the central west is amazing and I think that's why um you know I ended up staying and why Abby came back and stayed you know like we we are so spoiled out here, um, not only in Bathurst, but um, we actually play more gigs in places like Orange and um, Mudgee and the Blue Mountains. And, you know, we're so close to Sydney. So as Mizos, it's, um, we think Bathurst is a great place to be because we're only three hours away from Sydney if we get a gig. So we can go down and back in one night if we want. We're only an hour away from the Blue Mountains and Mudgee and um, Orange is like 40 minutes away. So, and that's all wine country. And quite all, and you know, so there's mm. so many tourists come out for the weekend, and they just want to hear some good music and drink good wine and eat good food. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we we are more than happy to go and sing at a winery and have a wine. Um, and so, but do you know what? Like Bathurst is getting better, um, and there's been I think Bathurst has been lacking in it's never had a dedicated live music space. Mm. So, of course, there's lots of places to play. There's, like, a pub on literally every corner, um, you know, mostly due to uh, the race, I'm sure, you know, Bathurst 1000, mm. that panorama. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and we've played at pretty much all of those pubs. Um, and But there, there is a new venue that's just opened up here now and they're really trying to focus on um, original live music and and just getting people back out there and, and playing again and, and they kind of opened their doors as soon as was safe to do so so they've been open doing gigs for a couple of months now which is mm-hmm. great but you know we've done house concerts here and you know quite often we have friends from 
from Melbourne or from Sydney or um, Brisbane or whatever come out and, and we'll put on some kind of concert with them. And, and we've got so many music friends that live here, you know, um, our friend Jenny Kane in, in Millthorpe and the Flying Emus who were a really big band in the 80s and she's one of our biggest supporters. And, yeah, I think we're, we're really lucky out here. Yeah. I think Bathurst is definitely getting better. Um, mm. But it did... It has taken a while to kind of, um, this sounds like really patronising, but like <laughs> crowds like yeah. here in Bath. Uh, yeah. It's definitely that thing of, um, you know, that small town mentality of like, oh, yeah, we're going to go out on a Saturday night and hit the piss and just have a dance. So if they come into a pub and we're playing, you know, songs like One and Only and Broken Record, like they're going to be <laughs> like, ah, I can't dance to that, do you know, Kaysen? Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, but I, I think we worked really hard in that, you know, we did do the covers thing for a long time and we don't, we mm. would not take that back at all no. because mm. it made us better singers, better performers, made our harmonies better, gave us a following, you know, so we would not take that back at all. But um, once we stopped doing that, we all out stopped doing that. You know, we didn't gig right. for about um, a month or two and we just knuckled down and Abby wrote all these songs and then we had an album and then we just said to people, when you come to our gig, we are going to be performing our own music and, you know, if you want to come and sit and listen, that'd be amazing. And it was, I think it's just that thing of, you need to just tell people how to act sometimes. Like all it takes is just saying, okay, this is a listening gig. You're going to come and, you know, have a listen and then we'll have a break and we can have a chat. And the minute you do that, people are just so much more engaged. And, um, yeah, so I think Bathurst is definitely getting better, but it has taken a little while to get there. So, yeah. Well, uh, James, may I begin the uh, the outro questions? Or do you have any middle-of-the-thing kind of questions? (laughs) <laughs> well, one thing I, I think is worth mentioning is yeah. that we've had a previous guest uh, on this show, Gabby Bolt, who I believe you guys uh, Our do know. Daughter, Gabby Bolt, yes. the prodigal <laughs> daughter, yeah. the prodigal daughter. <laughs> My God, Gabby's killing it. She's just yeah. moved to Sydney from Bathurst, and mm-hmm. she's now working for the Chaser and doing these incredible like comedy things. And she's like got all these followers on TikTok, and Gabby's just incredible. We love her, but I. Abby and Gabby went to the same school Ooh. and sang in the ah. same band, right? Same jazz band, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's so funny because I he- still hear people say to Abby and Gabby, like, I remember, like, seeing you as yeah. kids in Swing Factor, like, yeah. even <laughs> inland, like, yeah. Stephen said that when he yeah. introduced you, you know. So, um, so Abby's, Gabby's known Abby forever. Um, mm. And then I vividly remember when I first moved here and was studying up at the uni, they had, like, a soiree open mic thing at the theatre here and Gabby was about 12 I think and she got up and she played a Tim Minchin song on the piano and I was like oh my god who is this small child um (laughs) you know she's always had something Gabby she's just incredible um so Mm. we're so happy for her to be going yes you know absolutely killing the game so she is she's kicking goals absolutely so proud of Gabby (laughs) And uh, of course, once you appear on my song Suck, you, you bloody explode well, to stardom. That's how oh, it goes. That's the way so, it goes. Obviously, yeah. you guys are going to explode into the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the, the burden and the curse. That's why we have to select who we who we interview. Less that's it. Um, I was going to say, the, the big question is, what's some advice that you would give to your younger selves that you wish you had been given when you were younger, nailed it. That's how you'd say a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you speak. Well done. Um, Thank you. Good. That's how you speak. 
Don't work with people who are going to say, um, no, that's my song, I wrote it. Um, that's mine. Well, that's good advice. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not sure I'd say anything because I think, like, this is just how I feel anyway. I think that the things you do when you're young, no matter what or who you turn into, you're always going to be a young fucking dickhead. You're always going to do dumb shit. You're always going to write crap songs. You're always going to think that you're better and more important. You're always going to think that and nothing anyone can say is going to change that. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think you've just got to work it out for yeah. yourself. I think I would say to my younger self, get out of Tamworth sooner. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, I think everyone thinks that Tamworth's a ca- like country music capital of Australia and that, that it's like festival time all the time, but it's mm. not. And as a like young kid, as a singer songwriter who wasn't writing like songs like, Casey Chambers and you know the Dixie Chicks and stuff as much as I love those bands and and those women I Mm -hmm. I was more into like the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac and Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and Neil Young and and um I didn't fit in the box and it, Mm -hmm. it made it really really hard for me as a kid and I was like oh maybe I have to sing country music because I live in Tamworth and then so for a long time I was like no I hate it I hate country music it's so gross but then it's like as soon as I got to Bathurst and um, you know, started doing gigs. I was like, no, that's actually my heart. Like, that's actually the stuff I love doing. Mm, <laughs> but I, mm. yeah, so I, 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 I guess I, I wish that I'd like, yeah, gotten out of that scene a little bit, a little bit sooner. That might be a bit controversial <laughs> to say. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's funny, like living in a town like that, I imagine it'd be the same for, you know, maybe an up and coming race car driver who lives here in Bathurst. Um, sure. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, yeah, moving to Bathurst um was the best thing I ever did. So for lots of reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, move to Bathurst is the that's, yeah, what that's I the get advice. From move to Bathurst. Actually, we we tell every single musician, the, like the great art girls, like we tell all of our musical friends to move to Bathurst, mainly because we want them here to play in our band. Because we want more friends. Yeah. We, we have a new song from you guys that we're going to play at the end of the episode. Before we yes. get to the end, I, I'm very rusty. We haven't done a guest episode for a while. We're getting <laughs> back in the saddle, guys. It's, yeah, we're it's taking some time. We're doing great. Thank you for still being here. I guess where can people find your music? Do you have anything to plug coming up? Or We have a website, oh. net, and that's got a gig guide on there and where you can find all our music. We're on all the streaming services, both of our albums. Um, Dark gives way and something worth learning. Um, but we always encourage people to go to Bandcamp um, because more of the money comes directly to the artist. And I think this weekend they're actually waiving their revenue share again, which I think they're doing once a month at the moment, which is amazing. So wow. I mean, all nice. the money goes to the artist. So you can get physical copies on there and, and things like that. We've got merch on there as well, I think. Um, so yeah, you can find Smith and Jones on Bandcamp. We've got a few little gigs coming up. We're playing in the Blue Mountains soon. We're doing a full band gig in Sydney in September. But yeah, it'll it'll all be on the website. So um, mm. yeah. anything else we need to work? I think so. <laughs> oh, we've got a few actually. We're doing a couple of really oh, yes. really unusual things. Well, actually, we're kind of almost going back to our roots in a way because we're going going back to the theatre. The theatre, the theatre, very nice. Mm. Um, 
we're doing a couple of shows. One is um, called Harden Vale, which is a, I'm not quite sure how to explain it, like a touring visual arts show by Todd Fuller, who actually, strange little coincidence, Todd Fuller, <laughs> don't need to wag my finger. <laughs> um, Todd Fuller is a, an incredible um, animator and um, artist who um, actually did the film clip for One and Only. It's oh, incredible. Wow. The film clip is shits all over the song. So <laughs> you got to go watch it. Just mute it. Will do. Yeah, yeah. He was actually living with the friends who I worked at the cafe with. So, um, oh wow. He, yeah. So he did the film clip for that. But he's asked us and our uh, very good friend Adam Dusen to write a kind of response to his show called Harden Vale, which is kind of like the show is like an exploration of um uh suburbia fading suburbia so like suburbia mm. in the 50s and 60s um that we don't really see anymore so like you know our, w- when we saw the show it was this beautiful nostalgic thing of like it's our grandparents yeah suburbia yeah. that's that's pretty much gone now mm. um so he asked us to write a response to that um, so we're doing that. I can't remember the date. Off the top of my head. Um, it's the end of May. So yeah. yeah. So it's um it's a touring art gallery installation. Yeah. Um, that's a so oh, cool. yeah. So it's it's currently at Bragg's, so Bathurst Regional Art Gallery, but it was um at the Canberra Art Gallery, and then I think it's obviously I think it's going to Tamworth actually after after being in Bathurst. So it opened, and yeah, we we went to go and have a look at it, and um we're able to sit in the space for a day and do some writing. So but the concept is around home and and what home means to you. So I think that um, for us and the way that we write, um, everything is centred around home yeah. and who we are and, um, and and what that means. So, yeah, so we're doing a live performance of that um, at the Bathurst Regional Art Gallery um, with Todd and Adam on the 22nd of May. We're doing that. Cool. Um, yeah, and we're also, um, so that's at the Art Gallery, but we are doing something in the theatre as well. Oh, yeah. We're doing um, <laughs> a, a beautiful friend of ours, Kate Smith, um, is doing a one-woman play called Highway of Lost Hearts, and we are going to be doing and writing live music for it. Um, and, yes, that's happening in Bathurst in November, and then it's going to Canberra and Cowra as well. So, yeah, all the info's on the website, but that's going to be um, really beautiful. So, yeah, and, and the, the concept is about a woman who wakes up in the morning and can't feel her heart. So she grabs Ooh. a dog and puts him in the car and they drive from Darwin to Sydney. So, huh. yeah, wow. it's, um, it's it sounds like a Smith & Jones song. Yeah. Literally, yeah. like, yeah. the first line is, like, I woke up one morning and I couldn't feel my heart. I had a pulse, I had a heartbeat, but I couldn't feel anything. So I hoiked my dog in the car and started to drive. So it sounds exactly like something that Abby would write. Um, so, so, yeah, so that's called Highway of Lost Hearts and we'll be doing that in November, which is going to be great. Yeah. It's something really different to be a part of. Yeah, that's big, awesome. Big year for you guys. That's a cool Yeah, yeah. 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 we're like, no, we're not doing it. Maybe one gig in September. I don't know. <laughs> of course. So many other things. <laughs> I guess that's a, probably a good place to wrap it up. Um, thank you both of you for coming on the show also thank you for bringing max the adorable sneezy dog who's been on oh, your lap yeah. uh, <laughs> the listeners at home i haven't known but i've been enjoying looking at max sneezing <laughs> max. just as an aside he's also been farting on my lap <laughs> oh good to know <laughs> yeah. really being quite gross yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I think he's stressed because my dog Patsy is at the other side of the door and she really wants to come in and kiss him. (laughs) If I'd known, I would have been like, cancel the podcast, let the dog in. Yeah, we would have stopped it like immediately. (laughs) Let those dogs be together. (laughs) Make them kiss. Make them kiss. kiss. Oh, my God. um, Thank you for listening, listener, Mm. uh, and for our first guests of season four. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please listen again. Wow, I'm rusty. James. To the same episode. Listen from the start. Take your podcast player back to the start. Listen to the episode again. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe and listen to more. We try to. And if you if you know any musicians or if you are a musician, please write in. And if you are a musician and you feel like you're not very good at writing music, then uh, I hope that the continued show is proof that you just got to keep going. You can do amazing things because everyone was a beginner. At one point, James, do you have anything mm-hmm. you'd like to plug? Um, no, I mean you can find the show on uh Facebook and Instagram. Uh, My song suck. Just find us there if you'd like to follow along and get updates on episodes and so forth. Uh, yeah, Alex, would you like to plug anything of your music and things? Uh, well, I am a musician called Your Man Alex Smith from Brisbane, Australia, and uh, uh at the time of the release of this episode, I think my Indiegogo campaign for an animated music video should be up. And also Woo. my own album launch is June 18th. Uh, so check out on the Spotify and all the uh, streaming services for that. But um, thank you so much to Smith & Jones for coming onto the show. Do you have any anything you'd like to say before you go? Thanks for having us. It was yeah. nice to take a little walk down memory for lane. Sure. So we have to listen to the songs. It was nice to have a chat. So, yeah, thanks for um, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. <laughs> really of course. <laughs> well, now we shall listen to your your new song, which is from an album unreleased yet. So we get to feel very special and exclusive. Is there anything you want to say about it before we do, or should we just jump in? Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't we don't know where this is going to fit. We don't know if it's going to be on an album. We don't know if it's going to be on an EP. We don't know if we're just going to release it as a single. But um. We did briefly talk about this song. Um, we went out and recorded it for a different project and then we got it back and went, oh, my God, this sounds exactly like Smith & Jones and we love everything about it. So we're not sure where it's going to fit. It'll be released at some point. But, um, but yeah, Abby can tell you about the song. We, um, I, well, the song actually has nothing to do with the story I'm about to tell, but um, we had to play at a wedding um well, this is a couple of years ago now mm. um, a very good friend of ours wedding actually and um, she lives in the Mornington Peninsula so that's a long long way from Bathurst um, <laughs> the night before the show we had another gig and it was a very big gig and here, um, in, Bathurst. here in Bathurst and um, we never drink after a show we I very rarely do we have a like we'll have a glass of wine but it's not like we don't get hammered we just go home to bed you know? we're nannas we're nannas um we're old we're old, we're old. Um, we're 30 we're 30 um, but this night there was just something in the air and we got absolutely plastered like actually after the gig after the gig, after not the gig. we were yeah. very professional and then we weren't we were great professional we were great um, then we weren't exactly. um like plastered to the point where actually gabby bolt had to tuck me into bed yeah and it was so bad anyway we had to we left our cars at the gig we but that morning we had to drive to sydney get on the plane 
uh, get to the Mornington Peninsula, yeah. fly to Melbourne and then got off at Melbourne and went, oh, wait, this oh, isn't this the Mornington is Peninsula. Yeah. Oh. Hadn't rented a car. No. So I had to call our friend Kate who was getting married. I'm like, hey, come, like, come and get us. We're in the <laughs> city. <laughs> okay. So luckily yeah. someone else was flying in from Sydney so I was able to take us out. But, yeah, we just hadn't planned anything. We're no. like, oh, it's fine. It always works out. No. And we were in Melbourne for less than 24 hours, then jumped back on a plane, got back home, and, um, yeah, it was... Um, it was good. It was a time. Really great time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah. But the very the, the only part of this song that is inspired by that story is the very first line. Um, the rest of it is just like um, just things that that have been floating around in my head for a long time and found their place. So, yeah. yeah. But Abby's been sitting on this song for a while. Yeah. Like quite often at gigs, um, at soundcheck, she'd just start playing it. I'm like, oh, my God, what's that? Mm. Sorry. And then we learnt it um uh a couple of years ago now and then first started playing it in Tamworth at the country music festival two years ago mm. was the first time we kind of road tested it and we just played it on acoustic guitar but um as you'll hear the um the the sound is very different it's um electric guitar and um just piano um and Hammond organ so so again it's, it's more like all our yep. songs the more we played it live and thought about it and talked about it the more it changed yeah um yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, we're really proud of it, and um, yeah, it's called "Waiting on My Turn." Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, and here is "Waiting on My Turn." Last night I boarded a plane and I flew right above the clouds. I soared like a bird through the atmosphere And I landed again on the ground Oh, what a beautiful time to be alive Oh, what a beautiful world And now I'm stuck down here at this luggage carousel Just waiting on my turn
Yes, it's true, I've been doing much better. I've got my eyes on the prize. But I've been treading water for so many years that still I'm wondering if I'll sink or I'll rise. But I keep kicking through the darkest depths. I want the shoreline too. And silence will spurn and my voice will be heard and I'll keep waiting. Keep waiting. Keep waiting. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.